everybody. Welcome to the good, the bad, and the nerdy movie podcast. A podcast where we talk about good movies, bad movies, and nerdy movies. I'm your host, Tom. Today we're going to be talking about a nerdy movie. And not just any kind of nerdy movie. We're talking about a nerdy movie involving everyone's favorite uh, self-quarantine activity, video games. From 2012, featuring John C. Riley, Sarah Silverman, and many others, including classic video game character voices playing their roles. Yes, we're talking about, from the Walt Disney Studios, Wreck-It Ralph. Now, Wreck-It Ralph is a very nerdy movie, especially for a certain age, because this really scratches that itch for video game fans of far back to the early 80s, because Ralph, as early on we find out, his game's been plugged in for 30 years at the arcade. Now, a lot of you listeners may not have had the opportunity to play at an arcade, because they're kind of, a, uh, sadly, a lost relic, although barcades kind of help bring, bringing the concept back, but uh, Ralph's, been pl- uh, Ralph's game, Fix-It Felix, has been plugged in for 30 years, and the game itself is kind of a uh, parody slash tribute to Donkey Kong. You know, Fix-It Felix is the uh, Mario-esque character. Ralph is the Donkey Kong-esque character, though it's kind of a hybrid of that and uh, Rampage, a few other games uh, that were popular around that period where you've got, basically got a monster wrecking stuff and someone trying to either get rescue somebody or fix the damage. Felix has a magic hammer, which he fixes the damage to the apartment building. Ralph, unfortunately, over 30 years, has gotten kind of... St- tired of being the bad guy and it's really it's a case of maybe he's not tired and he just kind of feels like he's not getting any kind of recognition you know, he wants a medal he wants a little bit of respect he doesn't get that usually because the characters in the game clearly have been programmed not to like him and even though they've been playing for 30 years they've not really adapted although you can tell that felix has he but his his like of Ralph's a little different than all the other characters. He knows how important Ralph is, but he's kind of standoffish. Probably once again because they, he's the good guy and Ralph's the bad guy. They, you know, it's about sticking. To, it's about can you define yourself as what you are? And of course, the comedies throughout. Uh, you know, it. The director is a Simpsons director and writer, so it's got very Simpsons kind of humor. There's sight gags throughout the show. And if you pay attention, there's all sorts of great gags, like graffiti or video game references. For instance, there's a Leroy Jenkins reference. There's All Your Base Belong to Us. If you've not seen it, look it up on YouTube. Um, and, of course, uh, as we see in the Game Central, you know, what happens when a game gets unplugged? You get homeless people like poor Qbert. Uh, I, myself, love playing Qbert as a kid. Uh, my grandfather had a Tandy computer that he bought at Radio Shack, and Kubert was the main game that came with it, so yeah, I played a lot of Kubert as a kid, especially in the early 80s. Now, of course, as we're dealing with this, um, as the plot goes on, Ralph wants to get a medal, so he sneaks into the brand new game, Hero's Duty, which is apparently a very violent, high-definition, scary game. And, uh, you know, if you're an a electronic music fan, you know, the score is done by... Uh, uh, skill X, so it's it's a kind of neat, uh, very modern, at least for 2012 game. But now it's probably even not, you know, probably more sound will change even further. Uh, and of course, everybody seems to have their own sound effects that you know fit their time period. You know, Ralph screws up. He does get his medal, but then crashes and brings the side bug into another game, uh, Sugar Rush, which is a great. You can tell it's a mid 90s 
game. It's definitely a tribute to Mario Kart specifically, but you could tell it'd be, it was written by another company, likely, you know, like a Neo Geo or, you know, one of the comp, you know, an Atari Linux kind of style. It's not, you know, it's kind of a, a rip-off game. But it's fun. It's clearly got a popularity. It's one of the games that's made it through a long time. But there's, of course, a big secret, which is what's going on in this game. And it, as it seems to be implied, as you can tell, most of the characters don't venture out of the game. They seem to be very happy inside their game. While the, a lot of the other characters like to go visit games, stuff like that. And of course, as we find out, they've all been kind of... Ha- their game's been hacked. Uh, if you've seen the movie, of course, that's a big reveal that the hacker, the game was hacked by another game jumper, Turbo. I love how they keep referring, no, you're not going Turbo. Turbo was a video game where he got angry he was being replaced by a racing game. So he tried to hack Pole Position. Now, I play Pole Position a lot, so I would be very angry if a uh, uh, if Turbo Time had hacked my game. But um, he, of course, clearly figured out how to hack video games through whatever he was doing to hide. And by hacking it, he uh, he's made himself King Candy and erased Vanellope. Now, of course, nobody knows this until the very end of the uh, movie. And, of course, we get those great bits of her learning how to drive, trying to find out why. She's claimed, believes she's supposed to be a racer, but it's implied she's a either she's a glitch, she was a character that was unfinished, or more importantly, uh, she was a locked character that's never been unlocked. Yeah. You know. He explained to everybody she's and she's clearly been locked. I, it's clear that he locked her character, messed with her code somehow. Yeah, her glitches might actually be part of her power-ups, but once again, you know, we don't get those details because of the way King Candy clearly messed the game. Of course, the comedy bits of him dealing with silly little uh, Penelope, who definitely is the perfect choice for Sarah Silverman. She's playing exactly how she should be. It's kind of a hyperactive child with a severe, like, uh, you know, inferiority complex. And, you know, it's a great voice casting choice. You know, John C. Riley's even more got severe inferiority complex. This whole, all the video game characters have all sorts of hang-ups that, you know, only uh, the gamers would have. It's, you know, I'm kind of surprised they didn't throw a Tron reference in there. You see Tron in the background of the arcade, but I wouldn't be surprised if Tron had run into the game at some point as well. So, you know, if you're a game fan, you'll love all the hidden references. And if you own the Blu-ray disc, there's a great feature where they pop up a lot of the really, really hidden layers of the Easter eggs. You know, this game's full Easter eggs, as it should be. You know, it's kind of this beats uh, Ready Player One movie itself, but it came around the same time as the book. So you get the idea that you know, video game culture had hit a new kind of level of kind of self-awareness, self-parody, self, you know, if someone calls it slap in the back, you know, it's, it's also kind of predates the whole Gamergate uh, nuttiness that kind of came out post this game, which is, you know, I mean, there's trolls, and uh, Record Ralph 2 does a really good job of dealing with the idea of the troll culture, and kind of the darkness that comes with video game players, but, you know, since it's an arcade, you don't have that kind of this. You see a couple, like, video game guy, a couple guys hogging one video game, but that's, that's the standard for an arcade, that's, you know, they seem kind of harmless compared to what some of the other characters are. 
Now, uh, one thing I do want to also point out uh, great details how the music is. You know, we've got different genres for different video games. We also have all the classic sound effects for all the video games in there. We've got, you know, glitches throughout the, you know, hacks. Uh, and, of course, you know, King Can uses the same Contra code to sneak in the back code, which, you know, that could be an implied that it was a, you know, maybe uh, Konami made the game. We don't see a Konami uh, logo on it, but it, it could be that maybe the programmer threw it in as a gag. Yeah, maybe the home version, if you put the uh, Contra code in, it would work. Who knows? It's That's one thing that's great about the... Uh, it, there's definitely references to other references to other references of other games and so forth. You know, how a Leroy Jenkins reference gets put into it, I don't get because they're supposed to all, they're, there's no Wi-Fi until the second movie. But you just don't know. I mean, that's the fun part about it. everything about it. You know, if if all the characters can travel electronically through, you know, um, essentially outlets, there should be connections to everything. So, uh, like I said, I recommend everybody, if you haven't watched it, please go watch it. I hope I haven't spoiled it for you. If you're listening to this, you probably have seen it. Now, uh, another thing I do want to point out, you know, Disney has yet to build a ride for it. There's been rumors for years they're going to do a Sugar Rush game, possibly Tomorrowland. I still, to this day, I hope and hope and hope they do some more Wreck-It Ralph related stuff at the Disney parks. It's definitely the one where I have a feeling they've got something planned. They've just been sitting on it for a long time. Not because they want they, they want to sit on it. Just they, they still just aren't 100% certain like how to do it or if people will go. Now, I myself and others know that this game, this movie has a very devout following. You know, if you've ever been to conventions, you see quite a few Vanellope's these days. Nowadays, you'll see some others. I've seen quite a few Felix, Felix at, you know, pictures of you know, cosplay. And a few Ralphs. Ralphs clearly a little bit harder. You've got to be taller. you got to be willing to wear the giant arms. If you've seen uh, early artwork, too, Ralph was supposed to be more ape-like. He was supposed to be more Donkey Kong, monster-esque. And I think they toned him down for good reason. Now, it also be read the original plan was all the characters were going to be in their traditional animated state from the video game. So Ralph was supposed to be an ape, an ape character. Just as uh, uh, Jane Lynch's uh, character uh, was supposed to be high-def 3D and Vanellope uh, was supposed to be uh, a 16-bit character. So I kind of would have loved to have seen an early test of the... We don't really see much of it other than maybe in the credits we see the all the little trips to the video games. Um, I'm hoping if uh, Ray, they ever decide to do a third record Ralph, because the second record Ralph uh, was more about the video game, I would love to see a little bit more of that playing around with it. I doubt we will ever get that. Yeah, I'm sure Disney probably tr- tried out with a bunch of kids and they just couldn't get into that theme. If you're a fan of this movie, uh, please uh, comment on this, uh, like us, and make sure to spread the word about this. You know, we're going to keep working on this. Uh, we'll be doing a good movie again next followed by a bad movie and another nerdy movie. Uh, I'm hoping to be getting some uh, guest hosts to sit in, and maybe we'll make these episodes a little bit longer. I know they're a little short now, but once we get the format a little more down pat, we'll have it going from there. Anyway, my name's Tom. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. See you all on the movies. Once again, this is the Good, the Bad, and the Nerdy Movie Podcast saying goodbye.